Hello and welcome everyone. I am Stacey Oosterink and this is The Green Room, the podcast brought to you by the Newtown Players in Lexington Park, Maryland. Um, Today is a very special episode because it is Pride Month and we are calling this the Pride episode. You guys can do a little clap of golf clap. Just don't blow out the microphone. This is an audio medium and we were all like waving our hands. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I'm so used to doing the sign for clapping. Yeah, Yeah, right. So it kind of looked like an ASL convention in here in a minute and that's the wrong alphabet that we're dealing with today. Never too inclusive. Um, So we have a whole panel of people here, and we actually are in our green room, which is the happiest place on earth lately. Um, So I'm going to pass it around and let everybody introduce themselves and how long you've been with the Newtown Players, and then um, then we'll get started. Okay. Uh, Hi, my name is uh, Aaron Fisher. Um, Boy, I don't know how long exactly. Because it's been, you know, I'd say off again, on again. Uh, the last thing I did was Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, which was in, what year was that? 2018? Yeah. yeah. Well, remember, we've just had 18 months of doing nothing. Yeah, so. that's right. It was before the, in the before times. In the, <laughs> before times. In the before times. BC, before COVID. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Oof. All right. <laughs> you're next. Uh, hi, I'm Kate Donnelly, and uh, I've been with the Newtown Players since 2013 mm-hmm. with the uh, Summer Shakespeare program, Shakespeare in the City. I was the stage manager for uh, Much Ado About Nothing. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Say, was that before? That was before Little Shop, right? Uh, yeah. I yeah, yeah, just yeah, barely. Was, mm-hmm, right. Just barely. Yep. <laughs> I thought I, I thought that was another one I dragged to the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sean Davidson. Um, I'm a member of the board here at NCP. Uh, And honestly, I'm not sure how to define when I started because I started off uh, my association with the theater doing little things. I used to work in a drag club, and the first thing I did for the theater was makeup for a gymnasia in um, Forum. Forum. Yep. My husband was, yeah, was my that, husband, your first? that was my first, that was my first one. My husband was in the show and, uh, he threw me under the knows how to do makeup bus. So, um, <laughs> I drew that line across, um, uh, God, who did I do that with? Christopher Chris, Joyce. Chris Joyce. Yeah. I did that. I drew that line across Chris's neck and made everything north of the line as pretty as I could and then strapped his hairy ass in a corset. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, you did. Yes, you- that was that was my first contribution, direct contribution. To yeah, the funny story. I was offered that role first. <laughs> you would have looked a lot better in the corset. Thanks. I'm just saying. Thanks. <laughs> oh, and then hi everybody. You guys know me by now, but once again, hi. I'm Kenny, um, Kenny Faison, and I have been with the theater since 2016, the year I graduated high school. Yeah, yeah. My first show was with your daughter. Yes, it was. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, so we have a, a wonderful group of folks here today, um, and we are going to start off, um, I mean, the theater, I'm just going to throw this out to everybody, and then we'll just round robin it, and I'm going to play a game where it's going to be random. So it's, we're not going to go in the same Aaron, Kate, Sean, Kenny order. Um, <laughs> but the theater as a general community, not just our theater, but the theater in general, pretty inclusive community. Um, I'm thinking that most people who get to this point have done theater in their past. So I'm interested in knowing um, what part 
the theater in general has played like in your personal journey to bring you to this spot celebrating pride? Sean. I'm going to put Sean on the hot spot first. Um, (laughs) So for me, um, I actually, I did some of the drama in high school. Um, And, you know, Don Sclafani was the the, uh, drama teacher at Great Mills High School. Um, and, and she was just amazing to me. And, you know, I was, um, it's interesting. I was in high school in the eighties, you know, me too. (laughs) So the, the environment though was really different because, you know, in, for me, when I was, you know, 13 and, uh, looking at how like other people that I knew identified the way I identified, it was all over the top stereotypes. Uh-huh. Right. It was, it was, it, it, the, the queer character was always loud, always super feminine, always, you know, um, and for some reason, oddly enough, so almost always black, which I don't, I never understood, but like you look at like the, the, the big like high school spoof movies, like the Porkies and all that kind of stuff, their token gang was always a black kid. Right. And a two in one, if you will. A two in one. <laughs> because, you know, I mean, and if you think about the messaging that it, it's, it's the, um, it's not only poking fun at gays, but it's also emasculation of black men generically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's just, there's so much wrong with that. Um, the, so, but being able to be in an environment where, um, you know, I was encouraged despite the fact that I was pretty spectacularly and obviously a gay kid. I mean, you don't pack this much fabulous into a little bit of package and not get overflow. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the truth. I love it is the it. truth. Um, so, you know, it was, it, I, I had um, a pretty miserable high school experience. And so Miss Clefani was, was a wonderful support for me, even though I ended up, in order to uh, get into the nursing program in the tech center, I ended up having to drop her class, which broke my heart because I loved her, um, but I was able to do, you know, another thing that was part of my career foundation. So, you know, um, the next thing, the next piece for me, though, um, was actually my art teacher. Patricia Fisting. I love that woman. I still love that woman. She goes to my husband's church. So, so fast forward more years than I like to think about sometimes. Um, and uh, my husband is now an ordained deacon in the Episcopal Church. He's assigned to All Faith in Mechanicsville. And I go to the first thing that I go to there with him. And there's Mrs. Fisting, who is now long retired, um, who recognized me called me by name when she saw me, came up with my sister's name. Um, and this was a woman who for four years reinforced for me that what I did was wonderful, that I that, that how I expressed myself was positive. And, uh, it, and wonderful was her word. Oh, Sean, that's, she had this amazing Southern girl. That's just so wonderful. <laughs> And, you know, that, that kind of, of, you know, positivity that came from somebody who wasn't my mama, you know? Um, well, look, so I was in high school in the 80s, um, not gay, okay? <laughs> However, been a theater and music kid my whole life, and the 80s really was, everything was don't ask, don't tell. Like, yeah. 
Come on, man. I knew all of the gay and queer kids in my high school. I was in class. They were, I was hanging with all of them. Nobody talked about it. It was all don't ask, don't tell. And how horrible it was for all of us. It was bad for me. It had to be like a gazillion times worse. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, the, the, the pins and needles about, so I never, I didn't ever have like this great, like, ta-da, I'm gay! <laughs> I, I never, I didn't have that. I, I it, did. Yes, you do. It's at Monday at seven o'clock every time the alarm goes off. <laughs> ta-da! <laughs> right? Uh, but, you know, I just, there, there was, there was no like big announcement for me. I just didn't deny it. I just lived it. I just lived my life and I went about it. And, and I realized the, the other thing that I do with my life besides theater, I'm a, I'm a volunteer paramedic in the county. I'm the EMS chief in the county. This is, it, and it's the family business. I am 47 years old. My dad has been a member of the rescue squad in Lexington Park for 45 years. I literally grew up in it. And I, I had one of those like moments one day where I was like, you know, um, one of these days, somebody's going to say something that they don't realize would be news to my mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's because, you know, your mother knows. Your mother knows. Your mother knows. I mean, she's met you. She knows. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it, the, the, but it's that whole, it's that whole like confirmation process thing sometimes. And it's don't ask, don't tell. It is. And, you know, well, it's, but it's also, you know, you need the time to work through your own process with that. And, you know, for, for me, my work through that process w w was largely just like, I'm just, I'm just not going to deny it. I got confronted one day at school by a guy who, um, because we're supposed to be aiming for PG-13, I can't repeat what he said to me. And I, I, that, that moment, that thing that happened to me when I was 16 years old, flipped the switch in my head for me, where I was just not willing anymore to hide anything about me. And so I, from, from that minute forward, if somebody asked me a direct question, I was going to tell them. And I wasn't going to deny it. And when I, you know, when I thought there was a boy that was cute, I said it. And, you know, the, uh, I had a monster crush on Donnie Wahlberg because the next <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, who didn't? Uh, well, you know, uh, it was the hair. Oh, Kate, <laughs> Kate did not. Let it be said, Kate did not. Sorry, I'm a lesbian over here. <laughs> Kate is the only one in the room who did not. <laughs> the fact remains, I, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't even worth it to me to, like, pretend that that wasn't a thing, you know? And um, so, you know, I just, I... I I decided I needed to say it to my parents. And, you know, my dad looked at me and said, you're my son and I love you and nothing you do or say is ever going to change that. Um, and my mom took a little bit more time to process it, which surprised me because I'm a mama's boy. Um, my grandmother, I said, I got to tell you I'm gay. And she was like, oh, honey, I know that. Where have you been? <laughs> right. <laughs> Are you just figuring it out? Right. So it's, it's oh, like. I love that. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's like I, the, the, the people that I was most anxious about because I just didn't give a shit about anybody else were like, yeah, it was an unevent, right? And so that's, that's why I, I just, I'd never had that big thing, you know? And then you know, um, 
I worked for the Board of Ed for a while, and, and then I, I went to D.C., and I had a little bit of a nomadic existence for a while. Um, and I actually fell 100% by accident into an acting troupe at the Metropolitan Community Church of Washington, which is... Um, it, which is which is church for gays, um, but it's not. Um, I'm not a particularly religious person. I had a lot of my um, my capacity for buy into the whole concept of Christianity ground out of me as a teenager by watching the hypocrisy of people who profess it so much. Um, and and one of my favorite things to say is that I, in the life that I live right now, I'm a better Christian than most people who actually call themselves Christian, and I'm a gay atheist. So, um, you know, but my, my experience with the, the folks at MCCDC was really amazing. Uh, they were very, very good to me, and they were very good for me, and we ended up doing a production of Godspell with an all-gay cast. One of my favorite shows, and I would have loved to have seen that. And absolutely Same. amazing. Right? It was an amazing trip. I, I was Jeffrey. I, it was awesome. Yes. Um, and so I got to do, <laughs> I got to do WeBCT and The Prodigal Son, and so, like, I found myself in the middle of the show one night, like, lolling across the laps of a bunch of lesbians um, where we were talking about, like, the, it, it was, it's the part of it where um, the narrator is talking about how the, the prodigal was, like, hanging out with hookers. And so, like, I'm, like, all up on the lesbos. I love this so much. <laughs> <laughs> everything about it. Everything. Like, it's totally acting. I was the earliest one in the whole pile. <laughs> and, and the narrator ad-libbed in the first night. Living in blatant, open heterosexuality, and I lost my shit. I fell off the pile of lesbians. I was just done for. I was completely done for. Um, and then, you know, so, but that, that show was fun. It was a lot of fun, and and we had a blast. I, I learned all of my choreo and six inch platform heels. If you ever need tips, let me know. I can I can help you walk in a heel. Um, and uh, did a did a forty two second on stage complete costume change, which is a thing that you have to do sometimes and sucks. Um, so but we but we got it down. So we we did the whole thing in a box. And uh, the the nice man who strapped those shoes on my feet was always finishing the strap on the shoes when I stood up with the pants on and the door came open and we were done. Fabulous. So we were exactly right on every single time. Nice. It was awesome. We love it. So yeah, so that's that's my. That's how that's how theater that's got how you theater here. Got me here. All right. And then you know my my husband's a violinist and uh, he. Um, He's buddies with Diane Troutman, who was the musical director of the theater for about 10,000 years. And um, no comment about Diane's age, but 10,000 years is a rough estimate. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Diane. Um, Look, not everybody still looks like they're in high school, Sean. So be kind. <laughs> um, and so it was, It was. He's. he was like the lover that kind yeah. of like got us pulled into the whole thing. Awesome. All right, you Donnie Wahlberg hating lesbian. <laughs> Kate? All right. Well, now, um, theater in general, because you did a lot of theater in college. I mean, you. Uh, were... I did, and I also did it in high school as yeah. well. Um, and, and sort of like echoing what you were saying as well, um, uh, theater in high school was just kind of like it was a home and it was a safe haven. Um, I, 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 did, I went to high school here, um, I went to Leonardtown. Uh, and, um, while I don't think that the environment was quite as, um, 
uh, closeted or like don't ask, don't tell. Uh, a lot of like in my graduating class, it, it was kind of at least this was my impression um, as as like a queer person in in that high school at the time. It was uh, you come out as bisexual and you are only kind of like out in the theater department. Okay, so a baby step out of the closet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, you did not go to high school in the 80s. No. Right. I did not. not. Let's let's get that. So there was a bit of time. Yeah. So evolution and growth happens. Yes. Well done, St. Mary's County. Good job. (laughs) Yeah, uh, for the record, I graduated in 2009. Okay. It took a little while to get there, but (laughs) we're all right. It's okay. Platform heels are older than (laughs) you. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I just, I found like a, like a safe haven and a place that I could, I could like be myself and, and be out in, um, in the theater department. And then, uh, I, when I went to college, I went to a college that was eight hours away, um, from here. And, uh, and then at that point I was, um, I was ready to be out just completely like out of, of the closet and um and while my degree is not in theater um i i did uh for for a time like double major with english and theater and um and and then i moved back here uh after college because i had no idea what i was going to be doing (laughs) (laughs) so i moved back home and found a job here um and uh and through the the uh through like connections i uh i ended up stage managing and um and i've been with newtown like ever since yeah so yeah. yeah i mean you costume designed for me yeah i costume designed for um little shop of horrors and uh and the tempest and then i stage managed for uh as i said much ado about nothing um homes for the holidays and uh almost main which almost went up yeah everybody <sighs> sigh yeah it still breaks my heart yeah um, and, uh, and I've also been up on stage, um, through, uh, through Shakespeare and, um, uh, the, the one that I, I actually got onto the stage here, uh, I was in, uh, A Streetcar Named Desire. Yeah. Yeah. I keep trying to cast you, but you keep saying I don't do that singing thing, Stacey, so knock it off. Yeah, musicals are, uh, terrifying to me. What do you mean <laughs> you have to act and sing and dance? Yes! At the Sometimes same time. all at once? <laughs> Yes. No. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah. All right. Well, Aaron did it. Aaron, let's talk about your the theater and your journey because you you do the musical thing and you know you sanely love Donnie Wahlberg. I love you, Kate. You know, I'm messing <laughs> with you. Known you a long time. I love you. Love you. Love you. I didn't say that I love Donnie Wahlberg. I just didn't disagree. With you. Uh, <laughs> Okay. I would like to make that that part clear. Okay. Just roll with it. Got it. Yeah. Anyway, so unlike apparently everybody else here, I was not a theater kid. I was a band kid. I did march. I did band. Band was my favorite thing. I did, however, take theater class. So I would, you know, do band and marching band, and you know, that was where like I truly belonged. And then theater was like, you know, it was great. I loved it. It was fun. Unfortunately, band was always uh, uh, during. Whenever Lettertown would do their straight plays, that's when marching season was, so I couldn't go to rehearsals. So the only plays I could ever audition for were the musicals, and since I couldn't dance very well or sing very well, I could never do, like, theater in high school, which was, you know, 
like a bummer, but it was fine because I had band. Well, I'm an adult now, and marching band is not like you know a thing that adults do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Hunter is going to be so disappointed. <laughs> well, the thing, well, so like it is if you're like really dedicated to it. But well, the thing that I really wanted to do was just like play my clarinet. And uh, well, in 2017. Uh, my now husband was in uh, Once Upon a Mattress. Yes, right? he was. Yes, he was. And, and by the way, I'll take credit for that one, too. <laughs> you <laughs> should. Yeah, you really should. Told you. Mother of all theater. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, my, so Kevin in Once Upon a Mattress, and actually now uh, Tim Joyce. Yeah. Um, basically, well, guilt trip. I don't want to say guilt trip. No, they totally <laughs> did. Listen. <laughs> As the director of that show, yes. there were many fraught conversations about needing musicians, and your now husband served you up like a plate of hors d'oeuvres <laughs> and said, oh, Aaron plays clarinet, and we all kept, we said, great, and then the next thing you know, we kept saying, where's Aaron? We did not know, those of us directing, that you were receiving the full court guilt trip press from yeah, sorry, Aaron. We're glad you're here, but holy, She's not really sorry. She's no, lying. totally sorry for the guilt trip. Not sorry you're here. I mean, <laughs> well, the, so lucky for the theater, there wasn't another place for me to play the clarinet. So it was either that or nothing. And well, unfortunately, um, boy, no offense. Being in pit band sucks. <laughs> And it really, it really hurts because, like, I love mu- I love musicals so much, which is, like, my favorite thing about theater. What's my favorite thing? The music. Of course it is. And so, but the thing is, is the musicals are written for singers, not for musicians. And so the music is just impossible to play. It's a bummer. But it did bring me into the theater. And it brought me into the theater. It actually, like, 2017 was a really rough year for me. Like, a lot of <clears throat> life just kind of just... Um, uh, took a dump on me to be like you know PG thirteen about it, but that's also when I met uh, Kevin, my now husband, and that's when I was brought into Newtown, and Newtown really did a lot to uh, uh, build me up from that because I lost a job, I lost a pet, I got in a car accident, I suffered a really serious illness, and then we made you play in pit band. And that was the highlight of 2017. Well, no, life got better after 2017. The highlight was when I was, you know, dancing around in my underwear. Yes, girl! uh, For for Best Little Whorehouse, because that definitely did do a, a, you know, give me a boost for for, uh, confidence. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was a very fun show. It It was a great show. Yeah, it was. But, like, so... It also meant that suddenly I was, like, you know, around all these people, like, especially Kenny knows, suddenly I'm in this group of people who are, you know, very out and and proud. And when I was in high school, you know, yesterday, (laughs) because I graduated in 2012. I'll forgive you. Kenny is younger than me, (laughs) so he's not, so I'm not the worst. I had to forgive him a long time ago. (laughs) Well, it just seemed like, um, uh, I, I thought about, 
I was like, hmm, I think that, like, I really do, like, I might be bisexual. Like, I, I feel strongly about it. And then I was trying to get the courage up to, like, tell my best friend at the time. And then I just <coughs> never did. And I thought to myself, you know what? Now we're just going to ignore all that. And, and so I did until I uh, met Kevin and I uh, became friends with Kenny. And I was suddenly around all these people who were like, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been out of college for a while now and you still talk about Dr. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Kenny knows who Dr. is. Oh gosh. It's this teacher that was just so... Um, as I have put her in the box in my head, she was this badass lady professor that Aaron had that Aaron fell in love with and did not realize it. Aaron was like, she just be sitting there at the table telling us about Dr. Be like, and then she would do this and then this. And I was like, honey, honey, (laughs) mind you, this happened after. And I had no idea that her and Kevin had had this conversation when she was telling Kevin about it. But I was like, sweetheart. I think you're in love with your college professor. <laughs> now, I don't want to assume your sexuality, but I think you know you, you might, might be. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to say that. That's yeah. your own journey and but discovery. That, but there, but here you are, right? Well, here's just really quickly. The thing is, is that Kevin did have that conversation with me, but I was telling him about another woman. <laughs> <laughs> Tammy. Oh, uh, Tammy. This. Yeah, so so after that I was like, oh, you know what, maybe, maybe it is maybe I maybe it's okay for me to say I am bisexual. And suddenly everybody was like okay with that. And I'm like, oh, it feels good to say that. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, like I wouldn't all those people who helped me get to that point stuff for Newtown and Newtown is a really like you know I don't think of myself as an actor really but I I sew I play music look I you are an direct- integral part you of this theater you ass around on that stage as an actor <laughs> that's <bitch>. right <laughs> I was gonna say like Newtown um helped so my degree is in English and I was able to be a part of the 24-hour writing uh playwriting project here which was really wonderful like um you know acting uh music like I feel like I can express like get all of that creative energy out here because you know I don't do marching band anymore (laughs) (laughs) and because we love it all right Kenny so having known Kenny a long time Kenny you probably came out of the womb and said here I am yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe. His amniotic fluid was full of glitter oh I love that yeah you know it's so weird because like being here and like listening to the stories from like all of, like three people who I like love with all of my heart, and it's like, wow, you guys actually went through some shit to get here. <laughs> wow, and look at me, I went to high school <laughs> and graduated in 2016, and the culture around being gay was like, oh. or just any part of the LGBTQ experience was just like it's a normal thing now. It's like we go to school, we like we'd be like, okay, I. Go to high school. I'm so happy to hear that. I'm so happy to hear that. And yes, like, you know, there's like, you see the things like, like when it's portrayed on TV, like, you know, you've got those jerks that are like, whatever. But like, it was so crazy to have that experience where everything in high school is just so open and honest. And people are just like, 
be your most authentic you, no matter like who, like nobody cares. It's about what you want and your happiness. And for me, that took a long time to understand. So, cause it was like, for me, like, and how I grew up and like with everything going on, it was like, I knew this thing about me. I always had known that I was like, I don't feel the same feelings for my, when I look at certain females that I'm like, oh, you're really pretty. Like, yes, you're pretty, but I don't have an attraction to them the way that I had an attraction to play when I would play WWE and play with Dwayne <laughs> The Rock Johnson and watch him in his American Speedo and be like, he's pretty. Wait, <laughs> oh, wait a minute, who is it? Sexy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Kate, wait a minute. Are you okay with Dwayne The Rock Johnson? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> We've all got two eyes and a heart, don't we? Okay, right, wait, but, no, hold on. I'm just i got to figure out where the line is. Because Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he's kind of a little transcendent, right? He's got a really nice smile, he's, you know? It's, he does. He does. Can, you know what? Can I tell you that? So now that we're chasing The Rock the, the Rock Bunny, <laughs> Moana. I fell in love with him for doing that. Movie. Oh, absolutely! It's absolute evidence that this amazing human does not take himself too seriously and just like threw himself in. He got no yeah. singing voice. God bless his heart. Well, who else could but, say like, tell me, like, ask, say, you're welcome. You're and welcome. Like, yeah, you're. Thank you. Except <laughs> you're. Yes, thank you. You know, it just that was that was what did it for me. Can I tell you something? I just I like I literally I sat over here and like Kenny's talking and I'm like sitting over here crying like no bullshit because I when I was your age. I would have given my IT to have the kind of experience that you got to have. And that is that that by no way am I saying that I had a miserable existence. My family was wonderful. The people who were immediately around me were wonderful. But the culture that I was in yeah. was so fundamentally different. And it just it does my heart so much good to see that that kind of progression having happened in our society as a whole. I mean, Christ, it, when, when I was 30, if you had said to me there would be a multiple Emmy Award winning drag queen with a show on national television in the United States, right. I would have not believed Correct. You. In multiple countries now. In multiple countries yeah, right. now. Right. Right? Yeah. Thank you, Drag Race UK. Miss um, um, <laughs> said she's catching a check for 2021. But that's, <laughs> that's, the, that, that's the thing. It's like climate and weather. Yeah. Right? So your personal experience is the weather in your existence. And what happens around that is the climate. And the, the climate in our society generically has evolved in such a way that that nobody nobody it's not that nobody cares. It's that people care enough to not notice the things that make you a difference in this specific context. Right. Yeah. So which leads me into the second second kind of talking point that and mm -hmm. well done Kenny wait you guys just segue that it's almost like we've done this oh my goodness <laughs> so um the you all started you all had a place in the theater where you kind of found your most authentic selves by able by being around a a, a culture or an mm -hmm. environment where you got to be somebody else right right yeah. right so by being somebody else you get to that happens, by the way, it happens to us heteros too. Just letting you know, right? It does. Jeez, you'd almost think it was a human experience. Correct, right? <laughs> Bingo, my exact point. So the theater in general, that kind of climate has kind of bled out into 
the nation at large, right? And, yeah. and the world at large. And even here at St. Mary's County, which, look, St. Mary's County is not metropolitan Washington, D.C. I don't care what anybody says. We have a lot of very smart, educated people here, but change comes slower here. It does. There's a lot to, there's a lot to get through. However, in this county, you are seeing huge change. I've been here a long time in this county. You've, Sean, you've been here a long time in this county. The, the county I grew up in is very, very different from the county that Kenny grew up. Kenny is a gay man, a gay black guy, right? And, that's and he's crazy. not the joke. He's fabulous. Yeah. And everybody knows it. And it's all, they embrace it. And that's the crazy thing because that was what was so hard to get adjusted to when I moved back here in um, twenty the in um, 2015, 2014 time frame when we came back to this area was because where we were, it's like you said, change happens over time. There it was happening still, not at a snail's pace anymore, but you know, it's a frog hopping along with what it's okay with, what it's still getting used to but here it was like especially like when i started doing things with ncp it was crazy because there was just all of these different people doing all of these different amazing things in the community like sean like um stacy like kate and like aaron and it's just like everybody embraced the person that they saw me for it's like i was like it was like oh i don't have to put on the proverbial mask and be like the more contained version of myself. Everybody was like, I could give a shit if you came in here dressed to the nines and all rainbow everything, throwing glitter in everyone's faces. It's kind of what we expect, Kenny, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Honestly, so, I probably hey, would if I could. Whorehouse, I asked you to hold my boobs in between scenes. <laughs> right. This is a true statement. So, so the Newtown has been around for almost 20 years. And I can say, as somebody who's been here consistently through that time, that the acceleration has, I'm, we sh this, the community theater community should take credit because as we ramped up down here and as our, not just our performers, but as our, as our musicians and our artists and our audiences grow in breadth, it accelerates that change in climate. Wouldn't you agree, Sean? Yeah, I, mean, I do. I, you know, and one, one of the, um, Michael and I, my husband Michael and I have, have done the, the Broadway review several times. Um, and you will be doing it again. And we run September. We start September 9th, I think. But it's, like it's 9th and 20th. Yeah, yeah, right. Like yeah. So we should we should find out what that really is before the end of the pod. No, it's um, fine. <laughs> I'm just the producer. It's September. You'll get there'll be all kinds of advertising. It's in September. It'll be out there. Um, but you know, it's it, you know things projects like that where where what you're doing is you're kind of giving a, a potpourri to people of stuff that they would never single best compliment that they ever received about a performance um, was the the year we did You'll Be Back from Hamilton. Uh huh. Um, and which is which is a great number, and it was a whole lot of fun to sing. And this uh, 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 an adorable little woman came up to me in the receiving afterwards, and she she, she like skipped everybody, and, like walked right where I was, like beelined it for me, cut the line, the whole nine yards, and she grabbed my hands and she said, "I just want to tell you <laughs> that I was not interested in Hamilton at all because I was sure 
that it was just wrapping poppy stuff. But now I want to see it because of what you did tonight. I thought, exactly. Thank you. That's great. That is like, that, that, that right there, hands down, the single best compliment that I've ever gotten. Because this person who had written off a show uh-huh. saw something in what we did here that made her think, okay, yeah, I, I, I think I can probably get into that. Boy, there's nothing quite like changing someone's mind. Uh, you know? <laughs> you know? So, it's you a know. pretty profound thing, isn't it? <laughs> so, you know, just, just that, that, that kind of thing, I think we're seeing more and more as the, the community grows. And, I mean, we're, um, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, we have the third largest naval base on the East Coast sitting in our backyard, and that attracts a lot of people. And, and it's bringing to us a lot of folks, um, just demographically speaking, who tend to be more on the air quotes conservative end of the political spectrum. And, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier, where, you know, I, I, I believe that a part of the reason why, um, you know, we're seeing some of the evolution that we are seeing is that a lot of people who... Um, who get pigeonholed in that kind of conservative label are very much of the more libertarian bent, where as long as what you're doing isn't hurting me, I don't care what you do. And so that live and let live sort of mentality, I think, is, is something that we're benefiting from. Because you're not going out of your way to make things difficult for me anymore. You're As long as, you know, I'm leaving you alone. That is by no means, I think, the majority. But I think there's a significant minority of folks who kind of fall on that wheelhouse. And, yeah, uh, so and that's a piece of it, right? I, 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 so I fall into that slice. Um, I've been, I've, I voted. And look, none of you are allowed to try to tear me limb from limb. But I've voted Republican since the '80s when I graduated. Okay, um, people ask me, why do you stay with that party? And the reason you to quote a movie, you want me on that wall, okay? There's got to be people who say, "No, trying to dictate someone else's life when it has nothing to do with you is the wrong thing to do." Okay, seriously, try not to be jerks, people. Try not to be jerks. So that kind of teased me up into the whole, you know, being an ally. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people like my age um, who. They don't know how to best be an ally, right? Yeah, a lot of people, are they're perfectly comfortable with, hey, that's not a nice thing to say. Knock that off. They're okay with that. But what's if you, if you could give somebody who is a very nice person and but doesn't know how to be an ally, because look, not being an ally or being an ally in the wrong way is, is, is probably more damaging than just shutting up. In some ways, right? So you want them to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. So if you have someone who is clueless, well, give me a give me a an, a way that somebody could be your number one tip. So you want to be a good ally? How do you do it? Go, Kenny. I think for me, the first tip that I would all, that I always like to give people is just don't be afraid to ask a question that you that you might feel as an ally is uncomfortable to the person in the community. Because I've had many friends that have been like, oh, well, I've always been afraid to ask you this because of of like this, that, and the third. And I'm like, don't be afraid to ask me an uncomfortable question. Yes, it can make me uncomfortable, but at the end of the day, 
it's I understand that you're coming from a place of love and you want to know how to do better. Your and ignorance is more important. Your ignorance is more dangerous than my Vin. discomfort. And right. that's right. Yeah. So and that's that's why that's kind of you said that so much better than the way I was saying because Kate <laughs> kind of gave me a oh, but th- that's what I meant, Kate. No, but I I I don't know what face I gave you, but um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, like to your point, I think that that. We all know when somebody's coming at it from a place of good faith mm-hmm. and coming at it from from a place of of maybe like well-meaning like confusion, but like uh, the drive to understand. Um, and and uh, yeah, it it again, don't be afraid to ask questions. Maybe don't like ask the question in front of like a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. If it's like like you know, well, I would hope that if it was a question that somebody thought would cause discomfort they would i mean if they want to be an ally they're not going to just yell out you know what i mean surprised how many people yeah. Yeah. understand what makes somebody else uncomfortable mm-hmm. right oh so they just okay so i've been in many a situation where some where we have been like out somewhere many a person around and has just come out of the mouth with this question and i'm just like kenny surely well, they not. didn't ask you if you were gay cuz um <laughs> Well, but there's it's 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 bigger than just that, right? Yeah. Right. You know? Yes. I mean, it's I, I mean, I've had I've had conversations with people about you know, I don't know what I don't know how this, I don't know how this happens to lesbians, but I know with gay men, I have had people who were virtual strangers ask me about my sexual preferences, yes. like my oh, sexual my goodness, yes. yes. Yeah. Are you a top or a bottom? The f- right. We would how need a beat. How can you have sex? Yes. Yeah. And people, they just, they don't think about, they don't think about those things as being something that might feel intimate Mm -hmm. or personal to the person they're asking. And they come from a place of genuine curiosity. They come from a place of genuinely wanting to understand, I think, mostly. Um, But they also come from a place where, um, you know, ignorance is bliss. And a lot of a lot of people are very happy to show you, um, and so you know I, I, it's yeah. Uh, so yeah, not everybody is is thinking all the way through. Like, how do you feel about this question? Hmm. So ask the question mm-hmm. privately, privately, and yeah. give give us give a thought to what's going to come out of your mouth before you do it. That's right, okay. Yeah. All right, Kate. How about you? Give me a tip. Number one tip for being an ally. Aaron, you, you're next, boo. Okay. <laughs> I <laughs> could wait my turn. No, no, I just, look, look I just don't want to. She's not like keep, me. She's not going to jump in. No, I'm just jumping around, and I don't want Aaron to be go, go, oh, I thought you were, yeah, so. I am a white woman married to a man. I could wait my turn. Oh, Lord. I will let the more, like, Obviously, queer people speak. <laughs> people who don't hey, get the hey, hey, just because okay. you are in a heteronormative relationship does not discount any bit of your queerness. Yes, but I'm gonna wait my turn. Yeah, I'm gonna wait my turn. Yeah, that is a very important note that you are not less valid than the rest of us. You're not less queer than them. God, that was awesome. That is amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think. I think my my tip is 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 sort of in the same like like lens of of recognize that the person that is is like across from you is is human and has like a human experience and that um you know like trying to find like the similarities in your experience and and meet on a level of 
of like come at it from an empathetic lens rather than than this person's experience is so like foreign to me that I, I just don't uh, I can't comprehend it if that makes sense mm-hmm. no it makes perfect sense yeah makes perfect sense look yeah. I did foreign military sales for years for the Navy mm-hmm. um, and so I was fortunate enough to get to travel the world um, and learn a smattering of languages and the curse words in most of them um, the fun ones right exactly <laughs> yes <laughs> That's the first thing they taught me, by the way. Um, Just get it out of the way. Right. That's what everyone wants to know first. Yes. <laughs> How do you say shit? <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, but going through that, it didn't teach me how different we all are. It taught me how much, how similar we all are. Everybody has families and all families have their junk and everybody is worried about having a a career or a job or self-fulfillment and everybody has people who are maybe not physically healthy and they love them and they worry about them and there are single people all over the world who are looking for their mate and there are married people who are wondering if they're going to kill their mate it's all the same people it's all the same yeah but but at the same time it's 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 also about like listening and 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 you know like making sure that that you are um, not just hearing, but also like comprehending what the other person is saying to you. Um, because I, I don't know, I've been in like I've been in discussions with uh, with people that were like asking me questions or or like trying to like understand what I was I was saying. And um, sometimes it's like you're hitting a brick wall because they're coming up against their own biases and and, and their own like prejudice and. And, and so it's, I think my advice to allies is to, to, to come at it respectfully, um, come at it from a place of good faith, and to also not be afraid to see past your own experience and recognize that, that other people have completely like different lives and different experiences. And that the core to all of us is, is the same sort of like human level of, of flawed and messy and imperfect and loving and, and yeah that's awesome that's that's me <laughs> all right Aaron you're up babe so, don't tell me I don't know because I, I gave you time to think <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I was going to say I was going to say speaking of my uh heteronormative relationship Kevin uh for people who don't know he was uh he's from Louisiana he's born in New Orleans his family lives in Baton Rouge, and Baton Rouge, if you don't know, is a pretty conservative area. And so his family is very conservative, and he lived his whole life there. And then he moved up here to Southern Maryland, and Southern Maryland is a considerably more uh, democratic or uh, place. And he slowly realized, uh, slowly, like as he interacted with more and more uh, diverse people, he his views changed considerably. And especially interacting with me and the theater, he uh, has unlearned a lot, and he's learning a lot, and he's actually on the diversity committee, and I'm very proud of him. But the one thing that he does that I think that a lot of people should do is, so he is a straight white man who works for the Navy. He's got a really, he's got a well-paying job, he's got his uh, own home, He's uh, in a very privileged place in his life, and he will go out of his way to correct people. 
he if he sees that someone he knows is saying something ignorant or wrong or rude, he will correct them because he can, because he's safe. He feels safe enough and comfortable enough to go up to that person and tell them, your behavior, you know, is not okay. And um, he does that so that, well, people like me don't have to. Because it's a lot more emotionally taxing for, for example, me to explain to someone why, you know, I don't like that you said that thing about, you know, me or the way that I'm living my life. But uh, my, Kevin doesn't have that, you know, emotional attachment. He can speak to them, like, uh, he, so that I don't have to. And it's, you know, I'm not saying, you know, go and fight everybody's battles for them. But, you know, if you see behavior that you know is wrong, <clears throat> don't hesitate to correct people. Because sometimes people... You know, maybe just don't know. You would be you would be surprised. Yeah, yeah, true. I'm so glad you brought up the Diversity and Equity Committee because um, that kind of segues me into to Newtown. Newtown's come a long way. I mean, um, we Kate is the chairperson of our newly formed Diversity and Equity Committee. We are we're going to as an audio medium, and I salute it. Yeah, we're, <laughs> um, we're actually going to do an entire podcast. We are actually going to do an entire podcast about D&E coming up. But one of the changes that has happened here in the theater is that every person associated with a production, because that's what we do, um, when they decide to sign on, they are given a, a form to read and to sign that says, you know, this is a safe place for everyone. And these are the kinds of, these kinds of things will not be tolerated and if you if you do them you cannot play with us we will we will tell you to take your toys and go home um the bigger challenge i believe and he, as someone who is in that privileged position so i direct quite a few shows here or have producer roles or whatever is how do you get the people who are having the bad things said or done to them to come forward and to feel safe enough? Um, I think that is the biggest challenge because I have no issue telling someone, you're a jerk, take your toys and go home. You don't get to treat your castmate like that. They're a person just like you are. And what you did was not okay. And we told you about it up front, and you broke the rules, and you're done. Goodbye. You're the winkest link. Goodbye. Hmm. But how do you get that? There's kind of what I would love to see is how do you get, how do you get somebody who gets the thing said to them, Sean, to come forward? <laughs> Part of that, I think, ties directly back to what does it look like to be a good ally? Okay. Because no one is going to, if people feel like a thing is, like like an effort is pointless, they're not going to do it. So if someone doesn't feel like they know there's a net yeah. for them, they're never going to use it. It's, I'm not letting go of this trapeze because there is nothing for me to land on with the ground. So you're, just, you're not going to see that. So folks need to, one, people who might be on the receiving end, and come on, let's face it, literally absolutely anybody at some point in time or another can be a target for 
inappropriate behavior, hate speech, any anything sure. at all. And you know, I think one of the one of our challenges, um, both societally and as a community of of people inside the theater, is um, letting everyone feel empowered by their agency as participants in the process. And so I I know it's. It, I, I mentioned earlier, I sit on the board. One of my roles on the board is that I'm the, the liaison for the committee council. And so I've had a front row seat to watching Kate and all the work that they've done on, on pulling together this diversity yep. equity committee and, and the amazing amount of work that a very talented pool of people have put, and I've said this over and over and over again, have put into um, building something that I think is um, both a really good um a really good tool to help folks who have problems address them, but also a really good framework for helping folks just be better ambiently. Um, and 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 I think that that there was a I don't think there was a conscious move toward it, but I think in a way part of that process was finding ways for people to be allies for each other. You know, because I think that I think that concept of ally is bigger than just you know, do, do you like me because I'm gay in spite of I'm gay or, or whatever, you know what I mean? Right. It's, it's, and, and I think that that, that um, narrowing down what you mean when you call someone your ally, I think minimizes both what we're asking them to do for us and what we offer them on an, on an individual basis. Okay. Um, and, and I, I just, one more thing, I swear, and then I'm going to shut up for a while. Um, <laughs> No, you won't. <laughs> so, you know, it's like the Megan Trainer song. I know you're lying because you let you move in. Um, <laughs> the uh, anyway, um, the I, I I think that it is important that we recognize that um, it, from a societal point of view, just in in the big picture. Um, while yeah, there are issues for folks who are in. The queer community; um, those are those issues do not occur in a vacuum, and you know. So I think it's it is just as important for those of us in the queer community um, who seek allies of our own for us to be allies to other folks who are also marginalized. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and it, it's it's one of the things that that entails is allowing yourself to be pushed outside of your own comfort zone. Yes. So I, I and, and one of the things that Kate said, in my head boiled down to, sometimes you just need to shut up mm-hmm. and listen to what somebody else has to say because you don't know their experience. I don't have a direct relationship with Kenny's life experience because I'm not a 20 however he is old black man. Right. For starters, you start layering <laughs> extra stuff on, on top of that. Right. right? So our, we have, we have three sons. Um, our youngest son is a young black man and our oldest son is a spectacularly large heterosexual white man. And he's the one who's been arrested. He's the one who's been in jail. He's the one who's been to court because of the stupid that he's committed. Our youngest son has had zero issues with anything like that. And one of the things that, that that highlighted for me was the the stress that black and brown parents live under. Absolutely. All the time because we didn't get Marcus until he was a teenager. 
And so for me, you know, like I'm still like when he got home late from work because he got off of work at 11 and if he wasn't home by 11.15, I was freaking out because what happened? Where's that stressor, right? So I can empathize much, much more acutely with that, that feeling of stress and that anxiety that a black mother who has always had black kids because that's where black kids genetics, come from. Because genetics. Yeah. Because right? <laughs> that's um, where black kids I, come from. <laughs> <laughs> but, Thank you, Captain Obvious, right? But, but I, have, I have much more empathy for that situation because I've lived it. If you haven't lived a situation, um, empathy is something you can find. Sympathy is something you don't have. Um, right. So I can't say... I know what your experience is, Kate, mm-hmm. as a as a queer woman. I don't know your experience directly. I don't know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. I can I can empathize with the the angst and things that have happened yeah. because I've had angst and things that have happened. Yeah, we can certainly find common ground. Right. And yeah. that's the important part I think in that in that Alanis is taking that time to shut up, listen to what you're being told and find that place like Kate said where you know the, the the commonality exists and make and and cut back those assumptions. I thought you were brilliant. Yeah, Maddie. So my my daughter Maddie, who knows, I think has probably worked in with all of you at one point or another. Um, who is studying to be a psychiatrist? Um, and said to me, sympathy is I know what you're going through because I've done it. Okay, so um, like. I lost my father two years ago. Other people who have lost their father and had a close relationship with it, they, I know what they're going through. They know what I'm going through. Empathy is, I haven't lived your life, but I feel your pain, right? And I, I feel because you feel, because I care. Empathy comes from, sympathy comes from a place of knowledge. Empathy comes from a place of caring, Right? Okay, so we all like to say that we care about other human beings, so this should be easy to not be jerks, right? So there you go. Um, so if there's, there's the hetero takeaway. Don't be a dang jerk. Realize that everybody's a human and everybody has their stuff. And if you care about somebody, then you care about all of them. It doesn't matter if they're black or if they're a lesbian or if they're bisexual or if they're gay. Or if they're, you know, straight, white, middle-aged, carrying 30 extra pounds female. If you care about them, don't be a jerk. Probably number one, right? So, and I think in the theater, I think here, we are doing much better than that. Um, and Yeah, and our new committee is, uh, I think, is, is a testament to that. Because um, membership wanted uh, the new committee and... I promise I'm not going to talk too much about it because that's going to be a whole other separate It is. It is. Uh, it's going to be a coming soon episode. It everybody. is. It absolutely <laughs> is. But yeah, it's um, it's about, uh, I think fundamentally we are about making sure that the culture at Newtown is in actuality a safe space. Right. So we are, we are celebrating the diversity and we are also advocating for for uh, for the members of uh, of the theater. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about because we do theater, and then with this this I always have to end on a fun question. So I mean, the theater has done not just the serious things, not just the don't be a jerk paperwork you have to sign um, at the beginning of every show. And by the way, when when my casts 
when I act as a director or producer and I'm at your, <laughs> you're going to get the speech about don't be a jerk. And if I find out you're being a jerk, and if anybody comes to me and tells me you're a jerk, I'm going to tell you, take your toys and go home. She will. I done it before, haven't I, Kenny? She has. I, yeah. Because I love you. <laughs> um, so. I think she just told us she kicked Kenny off her producer. I did not. No. <laughs> not, no. Not me. I just happened to be there and to see when she had to kick somebody off. And baby, when I tell you, don't let it happen. Because I was terrified and it won't, and nothing was projected at me. That and makes that make so much better sense. <laughs> no. Ask Kenny, what did you do? No. <laughs> I'm so baby. Heck, you no. were nodding your head like, yes, I deserve to leave. No. Are you kidding <laughs> me? I put him in purple velvet hot pants. She did. His his favorite costume ever. Okay, so we've done that. So in the fun vein, we've just got finished doing a miscast cabaret where you get to, you know, everybody's got a role that they want to play or a song they want to do or something, but they can't do it because, you know, like I can never play Jean Valjean. Want to bet? Because I'm... (laughs) There we go. As it's written right now... I cannot be Jean Valjean, although okay, I can <laughs> sing, I can sing all of it. Um, so let's go around the room and I want to know if you take one thing, one role, one song, something, but you change it to where you could play it. And what does that do for the character? Cause only, I'm a t- only one. Well, so this can, so when I directed Little Shop of Horrors, um, the fabulous Kenny Waters ended up being my Audrey too, but my second choice was a female. A woman named Sherry Mervine, who gave me the sexiest, creepiest Audrey to read. And it totally changed the character, but in like totally cool ways. So, I mean, we've all thought about it. So what role would you change? Kenny, are you dying to tell me? Do it. Oh, my goodness. So, because I... There's a lot of old Broadway that I'm absolutely obsessed with. What my favorite old Broadway show to this day has not changed is West Side Story. Yes. And for her songs and her character alone, I really want to play Anita. Oh, I thought you were going to say Maria. No. Okay. I love Maria. I love Maria. Baby, we don't have it. We don't have it. Like, okay, maybe a little bit of the ditziness from Maria. I can do that. But like. But you've got Anita sass. But it's Anita I, yeah, because I think. That is the truth, right? Because there. for me, the character of Anita and changing that to where it would be this brown cup, these two brown men. And the relationship that Anita and Bernardo go through, because you see them fight a little bit with yeah, each other in yeah, that show. Yeah. I would love to just have that moment to get to play this badass woman who's like, no, I am in, a, I am living here in America because number one, America slaps. If you don't agree, something's wrong. I, I will take that to the bank. That's the hill I'm dying on. America slaps hard, <laughs> but I just to play such a badass character. Who just has all of this resilience and is so incredibly excited to be where she's living, coming from Puerto Rico, where her life was immensely different. And it's just, oh, it's amazing. Well, so wait a minute, hold on a second. This for a second <laughs> and, and say that that, you know, Kenny, one of the things I love you, and you know that's the God's gospel truth right there. One of the things that Kenny does is paint this kind of dizzy bitch picture for people on a regular. And so that you were you would you will never be able to pull off your dizzy bitch stick again. Because that was some deep shit. Right. Right. Well and and so here's the other thing. Here's I, I love that if it's Anita, but I don't 
I, how different would Maria's story? Maria would not have been milk toast mooning around, no. ready to kill herself over man if she had herself a fabulous gay best oh friend. Oh my gosh, I think about that all the time because I'm like Maria, sis, right? Together, <laughs> get it together. However, fun side note: my one of my favorite things about West Side Story that not many people got the chance to see or really know about was there was a production that was done on Broadway where the character, when they killed Tony, he didn't have his knife on him, so he threw his shoe at him. And so the woman who played Maria, I do not remember her name for the life of me, but she was Wasn't fantastic. Three for two no, she, she took it and made it about a poison shoe yeah. and said, is there enough poison in this shoe for you, for me? I was like, that is how you do it. So do this thing with me. Have you ever had like an absolute straight person that you have had to look at and say, get your act together? Yes. (laughs) What kind of question? (laughs) I'm I'm asking the obvious question. Yes. Yeah. 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 You've been there. I think, I think every, every single non-straight person on the planet has at one point in time or another had to look at some straight woman or some straight man and say, sweetie. Honey, you're giving it up for a man. There are hundreds of them. Thousands. There are plenty of fish in the sea. Are you really going to go out in that dress without foundation? <laughs> right, exactly. Aaron, how about you? What would you change? You, 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 you dancing in your underwear, hot woman. What would you change? It's weird that you say that because... Honestly, my dream role is the witch from Into the Woods. Oh, I love you for that. That's awesome. Thank you. I'm glad you agree. So I very much, you know, it's like this witch. And my favorite thing about Into the Woods is um, Little Red Riding uh, Hood's song, actually, where she dis- like realizes nice is different than good. good. Yes. So that's my other dream role, but I'm going to age out of that soon, unfortunately. <laughs> Unless I like... No, you won't. I, oh. You just need a good director. Oh, don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> don't treat me like that. <laughs> but the, the thing that I really like about The Witch is that she spends the first act, you know, trying to be beautiful. Which, who can't, you know, identify with that. But then she, give, you know, she loses her powers. And she's still a <laughs> And that's what I like about her the most, is in the end, she just says... I hate all of you. I hate all of you. I'm done. Goodbye. Right. I miss having power. Beauty wasn't worth it. You guys are nice. You're not good. I'm done. Right. Screw you all, I'm out. So her line is, I'm not good. I'm not nice. I'm, I'm just, just right. By the way, my children throw that line at me all the time. Mm. You're the, the witch. witch That's pretty much. <laughs> so, all right. Kate, I, you've got a laundry list. Oh, I mean, it's mostly uh, romantic Shakespearean leads, so... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say that any of us who don't identify as men can maybe, I, you know... Yeah, yeah, you know... Feel that? I, yeah, right, that's, that's, uh, that's very true. But, like, you know, like, Mercutio, I think, would be, like, really awesome as, oh, like, a... a yeah, I've fun. always wanted to play Mercutio. Um, I've always wanted to play Hamlet. There's a lot of uh, I am playing Horatio in our um, production of Hamlet coming up. <gasps> Very excited that uh, at last I have been cast as a man. Well, um, hold on a second. You all who have done any kind of theater history, 
I mean, at first, I wouldn't have been allowed on a Shakespearean set. They were all men. Yep. Right? Yeah. So the men got to play the women, but the women can't play the yeah, men. Yeah, and frankly, I think right. that I think right. that right modern right. like modern uh, productions of Shakespeare that do all male casts, I think, are so boring. You Thank did you. that. You did that a long time ago. I want to see all female Thank productions. You. Well, so Shakespeare, Shakespeare Shakespeare is a lot of cranky characters, and nobody and and a lot of them are men. Look, I love Romeo and Juliet. It's one of the right. Romeo, whiny as heck. Oh, my God. That is a whiny, whiny boy. Oh, but I'd love to play Romeo, though. Okay. <laughs> oh. But you, he wouldn't be whiny if, if yeah. he were played by a female character. Mm-hmm. If he were played if you were played by a lesbian, it would be amazing. Because you could... There really, would be you can say that about anything. Just make it lesbians and it's better. <laughs> All right. Valid argument. Well, there is. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm even, I'm even on board with that. All right, Sean. <laughs> so dream, dream role. You could... You're you're the new playwright. You're going to do a revival. There is a gigantic piece of me that wants to be an absolute stereotype and say Alphaba in Wicked would be amazing, mm. in part because I can sing that shit. I mean, you can. Uh, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was thinking. Like, yes, I would like to hear that. You know, I, I, I and I've got it. I can, like, I can legit, I can do that shit. But um, it's it, the blessings of being countertenor. Um, but um, really, and it's it's interesting that you that you brought up Little Shop. Uh huh. I would do Audrey in a heartbeat. I would do Audrey in a heartbeat. Oh, it's the 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 pathos of that character. Yeah, and that uh, the the abusive relationship and finding that place. Where is my value? Yep. And and the fact that in, in the beginning of that show, she is a character who um, assigns herself all of her value by what other people think of her. Absolutely. And and in the end of it, she finds that there's somebody who will love her just for her. Uh-huh. And oh, that, I love that. that isn't it, it that's yeah. that it's, That show that show is very underrated. That it's one of yeah. my favorite shows. It's very underrated because it is so campy and it hails back to the old B B rolls and whatever. But the two characters that have to absolutely not be caricatures are Seymour and Audrey, even, and they've both got huge self-esteem even issues. Though, even though they are put in absolutely somewhere that's green. I, I like, no no oh. kidding, I literally, I sing somewhere that's green to myself in the shower. Okay, so, I want that recording. wait, 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 no. we're going to have to get our Audrey here, and we'll have them do a duet. Wouldn't that be something? Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> but I would also like to point out, because I love that you brought up the character of Audrey in Little Shop, because look at how much, how far we've come as a society in America, because they just did that as a revival right before COVID mm-hmm. with MJ Rodriguez, who is a out and proud trans woman yeah. of color, mm-hmm. a and phenomenal, absolutely stunning. Like you can, like there's a clip of her and George Salazar, who played her Seymour, performing "Suddenly Seymour" on the Tonight Show with James Corden, and it's spectacular. Yeah. We're getting there, folks. We're getting there. Well, thank you all for coming. What? The what? I thought Corden was the late show. Oh, Corden. It might be. It might be. I don't know. It's it's one of them, dang it. Late shows with Stephen Colbert. Oh, shit. All right. We're not. I'm going to cut it. We're going to take this offline. I got to give the credits because otherwise we're going to be here all night. And Pride Month is going to then end in August. (laughs) 
Um, thank you all. All those in favor. <laughs> thank you all for coming. Yes. One last thing oh, about Kenny. Yeah. I love the fact that Kenny has the invisible scoreboard that he marks things on. Oh, yeah. People say things. Yeah. So for those yes. of you who don't get to watch this, Kenny legit, like every time somebody says something he likes, he like gives them a little invisible point on his own invisible <laughs> It's very validating. It is. <laughs> it's adorable. Um, Again, thank you all for coming. Thank you all for this super fun and super important discussion. And y'all, for those of you who don't do it now, consciously, don't be a jerk. Um, and make sure you tune in to us the next time. We, you know, we're going to have another fabulous episode coming up. And Kate, get us on your schedule, please. Um, you've been listening to The Green Room, put on by the Newtown Players. Um, our producers are, believe it or not, Kenny Faison Hi. and Stacy Park. Um, today, our fabulous recording engineer is Kenny Faison, and our um, mixing engineer is the wonderful Timothy Joyce, who is doing the work of God, especially with this episode. Um, the theme music that everybody heard coming in was composed and performed by Hunter Martin. You can find the Newtown Players on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search for Newtown Players. That's Newtown with an E. You can listen to The Green Room on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. And if you have an interesting idea for a future episode, please email us, because we love to hear from you. Podcast at NewtownPlayers.org, Newtown with an E. Find us on the web at www.ntpshows.com. Theater's back, baby. Thank you for joining us in The Green Room. The Green Room.